Good morning and Happy New Year to everyone. Excellent. We do settle for KFC, don't we? Even Nando's. We, d- we don't take the, the banquet all the time, do we? we d- and I, I just felt as I was praying, as we were worshipping, you know, he wants us to scale the heights. He wants us to plumb the depths of the treasure that he has for us. Don't settle for anything less. We have a marvellous inheritance and we can enjoy that now. And that's something what we're going to talk about this morning. So um, I've actually entitled my talk Supernatural Love. And, um, and that might confuse some of you already. But uh, hopefully I can unravel and help you understand what I mean by that. So as a sort of an action summary, I like to kind of have a statement uh, when I start a talk. And this is what I'm, I've got. It, it's discover the privileges and authority that we have as children of a supernatural loving father. So that's my overarching kind of purpose, aim, action that I want us to get to. So imagine the scenario. Um, the coffee shop's open and a lady... Uh, walks in who is actually identifying as a man and um, she tells me a tale of how she's been beaten up and uh, robbed by the police and um, she's physically disfigured and very needy and um, so we, 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 we try and help her we, we give her some food we um, and Jenny and Megan are around and we, we give them a, a sleeping bag and we give them some socks and some different provisions. And, uh, and, but she starts to get increasingly agitated and we, you know, we don't know how to handle this lady. And um, anyway, she goes away and then she, she keeps coming back to revive. And... Um, Again, she's becoming increasingly agitated and um, unpredictable in her behavior and inappropriate and aggressive and insulting. And so it ends up that we, we've got no other option but to kind of call the police. And, uh, you know, we don't really want to do that, but that's the way we go. And a few days pass and uh, another incident happens with her and the police pick her up and arrest her and then ban her from Chertsey and not able to return. Now, I'll tell you this scenario. Actually, for some of you, this was actually very real. And this actually did happen fairly recently at the beginning of December. And I tell you this for one reason, really, because I'm left feeling, what more could we have done? What more could we have done? I'm left feeling... As the leader of the church, as I engaged with this person, what more could I have done? Yes, we met her physical needs of shelter, of food. And I just felt my love was just restricted. It came to a certain point and I didn't know what else to do. Everyone with me? But I really wanted, but I, I believe, as I'm sure many of you do, we have the answer. We are God's chosen group of people that are going to rescue and save this world. 
But I felt I came short then. And I could beat myself up about it, but it just got me thinking, what, what, what should I have done? And I thought, well, you know, I didn't even offer to pray for this lady. I didn't even offer to pray for this lady. And then I'm thinking again, I'm thinking, what's God given me to help this lady? This broken, ill woman. And I felt, actually, I could have called upon any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit at that moment. Any of the gifts. He's given me these gifts to use. So we, we think, people, why don't people shout out some of the gifts that I could have used in that moment? Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. I could have done that. What other things could I have done? Gift of encouragement. So there's lots of things in the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, aren't there? There's prophecy. There's words of knowledge that might just unlock a situation. There's healing. He's given us the gift of healing. I could have offered to heal. Sorry? Discernment. Discerning the spirits. This may have been, and probably likely, is a spiritual issue. I could have discerned what the spirit the evil spirit that's controlling this woman was at that moment and have called it out and said, leave. Wisdom, we could have used wisdom. I needed wisdom. Miracles. That's one of the gifts, miracles. We sometimes just gloss over it. Miracles, that's a gift given to us. We can move in miracles. So, this is where I'm going with this title, Supernatural Love. This is the love that we should be moving in. And um, as an eldership team, uh, we propose that we are going to set out on this journey together. Okay? And it will be a journey. And I've not arrived. And if anyone has arrived in the moving and all these gifts, then please come forward and speak in my place. Now, it's not going to be an easy journey, though. And I wanted to say that very clearly. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be failure. But I still think this is where we should go. So Adrian actually suggested this. It's great that he's now up in the mountains somewhere. <laughs> um, and he's put it, brought it to the elders. He said, I think this is where we should go. And I thoroughly agree with him. And we, as an eldership team, think this is where we should go as a body, as a family. So um, I want us all to enjoy the benefits of being children of God. I want us to live a supernatural lifestyle. I want to start to begin to see miracles in the everyday as we give out supernatural love. Now, I do realise that even in just that brief introduction, I will have created certain emotions in people, maybe cynicism, maybe very sceptical now, maybe, maybe just despondent thing. I don't even know I can be at this church anymore if this is the way we're going. Maybe it's just a deep fear that's 
resting on you now and you're just fearful about what may come. And I understand that. And actually, I'm feeling some of those emotions too, so it's okay. So I'm not here saying this is what I am walking in, I want you to run behind me. I'm saying as a family, we're going to take this journey together. We're not deliberately going to wheel in a gifted speaker with a prolific healing ministry and we all go, wow, it's amazing. And it's just sort of unattainable and we just can't. Together we're going to encourage each other in this walk. Okay? So um, I just want to read an extract from um, Adrian's email to us because I asked him to summarize after one of our meetings. And he said, this is just a portion, it says, to get from where we are to where we would like to be is probably not going to happen overnight. It seems from the experience of others that it's likely to involve a journey, a journey which may well be challenging, a journey that will require commitment and perseverance. Is this a vision we can bring to the church? Should we? I am personally apprehensive. This is Adrian. It sounds scary. It sounds hard. It sounds uncertain. In short, it sounds risky. And yet do I or we really want to see anything less than God's supernatural intervention in our lives, in the life of the church, and in the lives in our community. So I agree with Adrian. I'm confident that this is a vision, a culture, and a reality that we need to grow in, in order to love the lost more effectively, more holistically, more profoundly. We are so privileged in the amount of people that we come into contact with. We have a unique position here in the middle of this high street with the many ministries that we have. Now what are we going to do with these people? Now God's graciously given them to us. We need a supernatural intervention because we are. As it says in uh, Ephesians, we're working against spiritual forces of evil we're not just fighting flesh and blood and so with that we need to use the weaponry which the which heaven has given us which god has bestowed to us has given and so we need to start brandishing our supernatural weaponry in the everyday so i mean so as we start this kind of journey our um sermon series is loosely around prayer um, but really we want to lead people in an engagement and a, uh, a relationship with the Lord Jesus that isn't just uh, isolated to prayer meetings but is every day walking with the spirit hearing what he's saying we're going to Lead this, this series is going to lead up to something in mid-February where we're going to have a week of prayer. And we're going to uh, do something upstairs where we're going to make different areas where we can come and uh, pray for different ministries. But it's going to be specifically about asking God to move supernaturally in the different areas as a church that we are involved in so I'm 
so proud of what we do as a church and uh, what we do uh, in this community of how we connect and uh, meet people's needs in so many different ways. Why don't you just shout out some of the different things that we do as a church. We pack a big punch, by the way, and we're the envy of many people, um, councils, other churches, of what we do. Tell me some of the things that we do that you already know of. What do we do? Food bank, yes. Parenting courses. Little lights, which is our toddler group, by the way, if anyone doesn't know. Pardon? Freedom in Christ. Just a helping hand. Youth work. Revive this coffee shop. Eat well, spend less. We do loads. And I am so excited and thrilled about what we do as a family. We connect and love people in an amazing way. We have many people here with big hearts of compassion to meet people's needs. But I don't know about you, do you want more? Do you want our Heavenly Father to break in into some of the people's lives that we come into contact with in a moment? Do you want to see a miracle in people's lives? Do you want to see things turn around where people have been dogged by addictions or they're just um, they're broken people and we just go through cycles of people just being trapped in the same place who wants to see more who wants to see a demonstration of God's love burst into the coffee shop into food bank into just a helping hand and in a moment we see God's arrival and God's presence change people in a moment that's where I that's what I want and I hope you're with me in wanting to see more. A, a biblical scholar called John Stott, um, in about 1976, wanted to gather all the evangelical churches with a united kind of uh, declaration and covenant. Um, and he did this with uh, Billy Graham, who obviously m- many of you have heard, the uh, famous uh, American evangelist. And they created this Lassane Covenant, I think that's how you say it, um, hoping to establish everyone's beliefs in the missional evangelical church. And within that, at the end of this covenant, it says this, We therefore call upon all Christians to pray for such a visitation of the sovereign spirit of God that all his fruit may appear in all his people and all his gifts may enrich the body of Christ. Only then will the whole church become a fit instrument in his hands that the whole earth may hear his voice. That was written in 1974 and I think it still stands now calling upon all Christians to pray and that's what we're going to lead up to we don't need to wait to pray for this in mid-feb let's start praying now so throughout church history breakthrough in world missions are all accompanied by supernatural acts of power you can read the history books they're always there they're always evident the verse I want to just um, want you to remember and you can open your phones or bibles now i haven't got it on the screen 
but it might be good for you to sit in your own hands. I'm not making these up. It's from 1 Corinthians 14.1. And it's just a very simple phrase. It says this. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. I think both these things are, they're not in isolation. They come together. And it's not either or. They come together. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. I like the way the Living Bible says it. Let love be your greatest aim. Nevertheless, ask also for the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives. These are the special abilities, the gifts that he gives us. Ask for them. So it's when it says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. We're to earnestly desire miracles. We're to passionately go after the prophetic. Now, I don't know about you. When I want to do something, I won't let any barrier get in my way. So, for example, if I want to go to Monday Mahal curry night, I will make sure I get there. If our car's broken down, I'll go to my daughter's car. If she's out using her car, I'll go to my other daughter's car. (laughs) If she's got no petrol, I'll go to my bike. If my bike, it's got dark now, the lights, the batteries are not working, I'll walk. I want to have my Lambuna. (laughs) And this is a really poor illustration. But when things are important to us, we remove every barrier. I want to encourage you to remove every barrier that might stop you from pursuing the passionately desiring after the spiritual gifts. There will be many barriers. I'm telling you that now. There'll be many barriers. The enemy will throw down every sort of thing in front of you because he knows if he can remove these gifts from your armory, you are not as effective in the kingdom of God. Simple as that. So I'm going to look at a few barriers that may be in your life. Um, Together as an eldership, we're reading a book called Sustainable Power, which is by Simon Holly, who leads the Catalyst movement of churches. Uh, You may have seen him speak when we go to the Catalyst Festival. Um, So we're reading that book, and uh, you can pick up that book and read that as well, because it basically journeys their walk in moving in the gifts of the Spirit, and in the miraculous. And we're going to hear some testimonies from him a bit later. You know, with love, in this verse, we we can... um, No one would say here, love is too dangerous. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to love people because it makes myself vulnerable. It's too risky. We know the risks involved in love, don't we? 
But we don't put it on the shelf and say, I am not going to go there. We still pursue love. Agreed? It's the same with the gifts. The gifts are risky. You are making yourself vulnerable. You are making yourself exposed to hurt, to pain, to difficulty. I want to encourage you, like love, still pursue, still go after, still trust that this is important. And this is not my words, this is God's word. He's promised it in his word. He's encouraged us to pursue and go after with passion. So we can trust that when we do that, he's going to be with us. And when we do fall flat and we do mess up, he's still with us and it's okay. Um, I'm just going to read about different people. Um, have just, I've looked at different people in their journey in this. Another guy called John Piper, he holds these tensions of the word of God and the miraculous. And he's very open about them. And he, but he said something really helpful. And I read a, a talk that he gave about this. Um, and he said this at the end of it. I want to have my keel deep and stable in the once-for-all biblical revelation of God, in his word. He's a biblical teacher. He wants his keel. You know what a keel is? In the boat, he wants that sunk deep in the word of God. And I want to have my sails unfurled to every movement of God's spirit upon the deeps. We want both, don't we? We don't just want one. It's word and spirit. Every day. Yes. Terry Virgo. I'm going to... So Terry Virgo was the founder, if you didn't know, if you're new to this church or new to... uh, If you're a visitor here, he founded the uh, wider family of churches called New Frontiers. And about 10 years ago, he wrote this book, The Spirit-Filled Church... And he said this, how I long for a recovery of true biblical Christianity, where the Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of Romans, also raised the dead. It seems that profound theology and great signs and wonders happily cohabited in Paul's life and ministry. Jack Deere says, no text of scripture says that the Bible was given to replace the need for the miraculous for the miraculous confirmation of the gospel message. He adds, the miraculous phenomena were not simply signs of the kingdom of God, they were an essential part of it. Miracles and the kingdom of God are inseparably linked. Many cultures less sophisticated than ours in the West seem to have no difficulty in embracing the supernatural dimensions of the gospel. The amazing evangelistic success currently taking place in China is characterized by such signs and wonders. If we are to see a massive turning among the heathen so that they repent of their sin and reject their independence and embrace a life of obedience of faith, we will need to see the same power. So he wrote that nine years ago. And actually, interestingly, in recent years, he's seen a real um, change in 
his ministry as he prays for people. He's seen many, many. He seems to have a grace for praying for people with backs. And he's seen dozens of backs being healed as he's gone after this, as he's journeyed in this. He's seen lots of people's, the root of people's back pain being different length of legs. And before people's eyes, people's legs have leveled out and the alignment has changed and back pain has gone in a moment. So um, if Terry Virgo isn't a good enough authority that we should go after this, let's read some more about the Bible. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 says this, Paul says this, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Romans 15, 18 to 19, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God. But what I have said and done by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God, so from Jerusalem all the way around to Lycaon, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. And Acts, as we went through that series in Acts recently, Acts 14.3, it says this, So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirms the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Surely we want to learn to live with the greatest effectiveness as children of God. With the greatest power. All these gifts are just expressions of love. Love overarches everything we do. And these gifts, again, overarching, it's loving people. They're expression of heaven's love to the broken, enslaved people who desperately need a miracle. With our visitor to revive and the multitudes of broken people that we meet each and every day, let us pray for such a visitation of the sovereign spirits of God and demonstration of the Spirit's power. With dying people, they need supernatural love. I'm going to now read something from Smith Wigglesworth, a guy who lived about 100 years ago. I've chosen people who are in this country, actually. I think it's important that we have stories. I want to tell you lots of different stories, and we will have our own stories soon. But I, I could tell you stories from America and China and South America, but I want stories from around here. Um, so this one came from Bradford. It's up in Yorkshire, I believe. Um, so here we go. It serves two purposes, this story. There's a bit of humour in this, which I'll come back to, because I want us to have fun with this. I really do want us to have fun with this. This isn't... God enjoys healing people, and he wants us to have fun with it. So, okay, let me go. So uh, perhaps this is one of the most outstanding healings. Uh, I'm just looking at the time. Okay, we'll keep going. It so happened that her husband, sorry, let me start again. Um, this was a Bradford Baptist minister's wife. Her husband needed to call at the Wigglesworth house and Smith could not help but notice how sad he looked. Anything wrong, Mr. Clark? Requi uh, inquired Wigglesworth. 
Yes, he replied. Sadly, I've left my wife dying. I've got so much more I need to get through, and I'm concerned that I'm going to run out of time. Basically, I'm going to, to praise you this. Basically, he sat at the end of this woman's um, bed, and he had a half-pint uh, bottle of oil. He was inexperienced. He didn't really know what he was doing. Two people beforehand prayed, and they were just really long, long prayers of woe and just awful prayers. He said, look, move out of the way. I don't know what I'm doing. He got this bottle of oil and poured this whole half bottle of oil all over this woman's head as she's dying in the bed, all went all over the floor. And he sees a vision of Jesus at the end of the bed just smiling. And um, anyway, she recovered, outlived her husband, and had a big family. Um, that shortened that a little bit, didn't it? Okay, so I, I, what, what I want to get to is... some of the actions that I think we need to do, some of the obstacles that we need to remove, some of the things that get, get in the way from us moving forward, cynicism, cynicism. It cripples us. I watched a movie the other day of, um, called Breakthrough. I'd encourage you to watch it. It's about a boy who falls through some ice and um, he stops breathing for 15 minutes. He's in, he's in an induced coma. He's in a hospital and um, it's a true story and... Uh, the doctors are all in the room, all just speaking negatively. Oh, he's never going to live. He, I don't know why we're bothering. And the mum is in the next room, and she overhears this, and she strides and says, I want you to stop speaking negatively over my boy. And um, gently I say the same to us. Let's stop speaking negatively to each other about this. Let's be positive. Even if we've got hundreds of questions, let's always be positive. This boy was raised from the dead, and he walks, and he's alive today. And with cynicism, it's about a renewing your mind, isn't it? It's about changing your mindset. Don't be conformed to the image, the pattern of this world, it says, doesn't it? We're going through that in freedom in Christ at the moment. So the mind, the world will think, this doesn't happen. This isn't for now. This isn't true. This is just um, manipulation. This is, I don't know, whatever you want. Um, so we've got to retrain our minds that we are serving a supernatural God who does live and move today here on earth. Okay? Slay fear. Some of you may be very fearful. Um, this, again, just paralyzes us from stepping out. Let's, let's remember that Jesus has come to destroy the enemy's work. He's with us. Simon Holly, he was on the streets once. He was praying for a teenager. Oh, no, he offered to pray for this teenage girl. And the boyfriend said, what on earth are you doing? You wear glasses for her eyes, basically. He said, what are you doing, you fool? You've got glasses yourself. How on earth can you heal her? And immediately he says, oh, he's right, isn't he? And some of you may be the same. Some of you may be living with your own ailments and disappointments and, and you're just full of fear that you can't step out on this. Anyway, Simon prayed for the person and then she removed her glasses and she was able to read number plates over the other side of the street. He 
He didn't allow fear to grip him. With these things like cynicism and fear, I think we do need to repent of them. We need to move away from them. Repentance is just a change of mindset, a change of thought, a change of direction. And sometimes we just need to do that. We need to take that action. Um, we've got to, as I said, we've got to navigate through disappointment. I do feel that there'll be many here which we've gone here before and it's not happened and you're just riddled with disappointment and you're just not going to get up again. I urge you, despite the mystery, trust in the word of God. He hasn't changed. He ha- we sung it this morning. He has not changed. He's still a supernatural, present king amongst us. We're somehow going to have to work through the mystery of it. There will be still mystery. Some will get healed, some won't get healed. I don't know the answers, but I know God does heal. Interesting, Smith Wigglesworth, throughout his the early part of his time of, of moving in this, he was constantly bleeding. I, mean, I don't want to go too much into his... He suffered from childhood for hemorrhoids. And anyway, he, he was not well. And yet, despite the disappointment of not knowing his healing, he still stepped out. He did get healed eventually. Um, don't overanalyze it. Some of you will come away... And you will try and analyse what I've said, what the word says. You'll pick it apart. You'll... And there's this thing, a phrase about analysis paralysis. It just cripples you. It just stops you from moving forward. And the enemy will love to do that. You will have questions, but sometimes you're just going to have to park them. We will not know until we receive our completely healed, resurrected bodies. Healing is going to come to all of us who know Christ, by the way. At some point, healing will come in its fullness. We may need to wait, though. So, um, as I said, have fun. I like the fact that Jesus, the vision at the end of the bed, Jesus was smiling at Smith Wigglesworth, pouring this oil all over this woman's head. You don't need to have a formula. You don't need to be an expert. There's no professional Christians here. We're just out having a go together, yes? We will trip over, we will be clumsy, we will make mistakes. We've got grace for each other, haven't we? We're a family, we make mistakes. All I'd ask is if you're going to trip, just trip forward. Make sure you're going forward, yeah? Keep going a little bit forward in the direction that we want to go as a family. You know, I just think, I think Jesus has a good sense of humour. And I want us to remember that. Why does he make John spit in the ground, make a little mud pie, stick it in someone's eyes? He could have just healed him there and then. I just think, what's he, he's playing with us a little bit, isn't he? He doesn't need to do that. Dip in the pool of Siloam. Go through all this. He might ask you to do things which are completely outside your comfort zone, which you cannot give a logical explanation for. Go for it. Go for it. And if you didn't hear from God, it's just quite funny, isn't it? (laughs) It is quite funny. No one's going to get hurt in this. If you are moving 
in love all the time, in love, just loving the person. No one's going away, going to go away and say, that person loved me too much. Or, you know, we've just got to cover everything in love. Have fun. Um, so finally, just stand firm on the word of God. Trust the immovable, unchanging plan and purpose of God that he has for you. He wants to demonstrate his supernatural love through you with healings, deliverances, signs and wonders, miracles. He hasn't changed, as I've said before, but I think we might need to change. You agreed? We might need to change. So consider some of those barriers. Simon Holly talks about um, rocks being removed from the river just wedged in the river and the flow of the spirit isn't flowing as freely consider what barriers the enemy even yourself have just put in the way of the spirit of God's flowing river coming through you consider some of the things I've mentioned maybe there's other things which you're aware of earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Pursue love earnestly, earnestly, passionately. Go after the gifts. <coughs> Remove every barrier. This morning I was just praying, I was just reminded again of that, the idea that we're on a fun run together, a family fun run. This isn't just one person sprinting out ahead. Together, we're running. In a park, running. There'll be different paces. There'll be different ages. There'll be different abilities. But together, you know, you drop back for some. Some might go ahead at some point. You might catch them up a bit later. Together, we're on a family fun run in this journey of the supernatural. And I invite you to join with us. Um, how are we doing for time? I would really like to. Um, should we show these testimonies? Let's show these testimonies. Uh, this happened in Bedford about, about nine years ago. Uh, these are because I want us to start sharing stories with each other, and these stories should build faith with you. Well, we're here at, together at Shuttleworth with Simon Holly, uh, who's going to tell us a little bit about what God's doing here um, amongst us. Okay, Simon, um, tell us a little bit about the story that you've got. Well, we, um, as a church, have been going out doing these things called treasure hunts. And uh, basically, we pray and ask God uh, for some words, specific words. And then we go out on the streets and seek to find people and pray for them and bless them. So uh, on Thursday, a couple of days ago, we went out. Our friend Tabo and myself went out. And uh, as before we went, we prayed. And I had a specific post box in mind. Uh, I saw that a red post box. I saw a location, which was the library. And we're based in Bedford. And um, I had a, a, a blonde girl with a hearing aid and a white shirt and a gold chain. And my friend Tabo, he felt like uh, there was a, a sense that we should go to a specific place which was close to the library. He had a yellow shirt and a, a baseball cap, um, the, the sense of basketball being related and a spinal injury. So uh, with that motley collection of clues we went out to find our treasure now I immediately thought there are no post boxes in the town centre so uh, I, I thought maybe we were looking for a postman but as we walked into the town centre there was a post box which I'd never seen before wow. right next to the library which is what the other word that we had um, as we walked around the corner we saw a crowd of uh, 15 or so teenagers 
who, um, uh, one of which had a, a yellow T-shirt and a baseball cap on. Um, the thing was, the, the, the crowd looked really intimidating, and I was not wanting to go up to them and, uh, and say that we were Christians on the treasure hunt, um, particularly because the, young, the guy who had the yellow T-shirt and the baseball cap was the youngest one, and I thought, he's not going to want to know us right now. He's trying to look up to his peers, and he's not going to want to know us. Anyway, my friend Tabo said, let's go for it. So we went over there. We introduced ourselves. We said, we're on this treasure hunt. We think you're our treasure. Do you have a spinal injury? Do you, have you got any hearing impediment at all? He's like, no, nothing. To, he, did, he clearly did not want to know us. So this whole group are kind of making fun of us, and we said we were, we were Christians. And then the leader of the group, an older guy, probably 17 or 18, walks up to us and uh, grabs the piece of paper and says, what's all this about? What's and we said, well, this is our treasure map. He said, looks down, he said, well, I've got a spinal injury, and, I, and it stopped me playing basketball. And we said, well, maybe you're, the, maybe you're the treasure then. Maybe we've come here to pray for you. And he said, oh, I'm a pagan. I don't believe in any of this anyway. Yeah. It won't work for me. So we said, look, let's just give us a chance. Let's pray. So we prayed for him, and he was totally healed. He did a, a crab. He did the splits. And he was swearing and saying, what on earth is going on here? Who are you guys? Wow. He was completely healed. Well, by this time, we had a crowd gathering around us. Sure. And uh, another guy came up to, to Tabo and said, will you pray for me? And, and Tabo said, what's wrong with you? And he said, nothing, just pray for me. So he's probably 17 or so. Uh, he, and Tabo so grabbed him by the hand and said, Jesus, just fill him with your love. Well, this kid just started to weep and not just cry. I mean, he was weeping and weeping, weeping. He's like, I'm nobody, I'm nothing. Why would God touch me? I can't believe what's happening. So he's like freaking out. By this time, we've got a bigger crowd gathered here. And a girl, well, we prayed for somebody else. I can't even remember that it was happening so fast. Mm, yeah. Then another girl came up and said... Um, I've got a broken arm, can God heal that? And I said, well, why haven't you got a cast or a band, you know, bandage on it? She said, well, I've got a, a sling, but it's not cool, so uh, I'm not wearing that. But I'm actually going in to have a cast on Monday. So we said, well, let's pray and see what God does. So we prayed for her. We asked before, actually, we asked her, how much movement have you got? And she said, well, about this much movement. Right. So we said, well, let's pray. We prayed for her, and by the end of it, she was, well, she started swearing as well, which they all did, actually, as they got healed. Started moving her arm around. She had total mobility in her arm. And by this time, there were people who weren't involved, were crying on the side of thinking, saying, oh, my God, what is going on? I mean, and we just knew that, actually, we were in the middle of something serious, and that God was really going to start touching these kids. So I just shouted out, if there's anyone here who is sick, come here now, we will pray for you, and you're going to get healed. Well, so then we split up, and we had both had a queue of people that we were praying for um, to see healed. We uh, prayed for a guy who had three torn ligaments in his shoulder. He was totally healed for mobility. We had um, uh, another girl who'd been seriously uh, abused when she was younger. We prayed for her. She's in tears. God just kind of setting her free and meeting with her. We had a girl who had ongoing migraine. She had one actually while we were there. We prayed for the migraine left instantly. And so in t total, by the time we finished, there were seven of these teenagers healed that we could remember. There were three others that we definitely prayed for. We can't even remember. It was just happening so quickly. Um, and so I, we gathered the crowd together and said, guys, we've got to tell you what's going on here. And so we had an opportunity just to share the gospel with them, to tell them about the G that Jesus loves them, that that's why he sent us to, to meet with them. It was just an incredible time. We went out for just half an hour. It took us two hours. We were with, with these kids sharing the gospel, praying for them, and telling them about the love of God for them. So... It was one of the best days of my life. Does that build faith? Is that encouraging? That's just an hour away, up the M1 in Bedford. So uh, why don't you stand? Will you stand? <laughs>